1: This is Dr. Christopher Perrin, and you're listening to Café Scolé. Welcome to another podcast episode in which we seek to bring restful, contemplative learning back to our schools, homeschools, and lives. That is to say, to bring Scolet back to school. This podcast is entitled Order and Rest, The Art of Prioritizing and Loving Well. Recently, a friend of mine, Martin Cothran, quoted Wendell Berry as saying, Without order, there is no rest. This got me thinking about Augustine, Joseph Pieper, C.S. Lewis, and Russell Kirk, and many others, who've talked about the importance of order and its relationship to rest and peace. So I'd like to explore this relationship, the relationship of order and rest, and consider what these great thinkers have thought about it. In this podcast, I'll turn mainly to Augustine. First, though, We should consider this important word, order. I don't think it's very well understood. What do you think of when you think of the word order? What does order really mean? And why would it be so important to rest? When we hear that Augustine exhorts us to properly order our loves, what does he mean? We hear that in our age, many are afflicted with disordered passions. To what does that phrase refer? Well, we can order a meal or a cup of coffee. A colonel can bark out orders to his soldiers, and his soldiers may march in an orderly manner. We are exhorted to put things in order and told that the gas pump or the ATM machine is out of order. When building a house, it is important to construct it in the right order, beginning with the foundation and not the roof. Furthermore, there can be different kinds of order, alphabetical order, numerical order, logical order, chronological order. Order can mean a request that something be made, supplied, or served, as in, I would like to order a latte. It can also mean an authoritative direction or command, as in, make me a latte, or I order you to make me a latte, or make me a latte, and that's an order. As a verb, it can also mean to make things orderly. Well, that makes sense. If you order your kitchen utensils according to what you use most frequently, you will find what you need quickly and easily. Kitchens. Kitchens, in my experience, can easily become disordered. So can desks and closets. Books have been published to help us order our time, our kitchens, Our Closets, Our Lives. Think of such titles as Getting Things Done by David Allen or Ordering Your Private Life by Gordon MacDonald or Simplify Your Life by various authors who have published books with that title, and so on. We're all familiar with the maxim, A Place for Everything, Everything in Its Place. By the way, how's that maxim being reflected in your life? We say things like, there is a place and a time for that, but not now. There is a place and a time for feasting, but not at 4 a.m. and alone. There's a place and time for drinking a bottle of wine, but at a certain age and make sure that it's with friends. I remember when I was a a young head of school and uh, having to, you know, Council students who were sent to my office because they were being quite loud, even shouting in class, etc. And I remember taking to this kind of council, uh, John, you know, there is a time when I really do want you to shout as loud as you possibly can. And there's a time when I want you to run and throw things. When is that time? And invariably, John will look down and say, recess? And I would say, Yes. That is the time to shout and run and throw things. So the passage from Ecclesiastes comes to mind. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. We could turn to another wisdom book in the Old Testament and find some more of this wisdom about order. Here's Proverbs 24, verse 27. Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then, build your house. Once in my life, I attempted to build a house, as it were, before I had properly ordered my life. I convinced my wife that we should buy an old, dilapidated, 8,000-square-foot townhouse in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It didn't turn out too well. I had not made proper preparations. I might say that I was young and naive, etc., but whatever the case was, I was certainly foolish unwise another proverb another passage from proverbs comes to mind proverbs 2 my son if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you make your ear attentive to wisdom incline your heart to understanding for if you cry for discernment lift your voice for understanding if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Well, observe this passage. Note the if-then construction of this passage. The order is both logical and chronological. First, you must cry out for discernment. Second, and then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. We can note a logical order here as well as a chronological one. If there is seeking Then there is finding. If we turn our minds to the New Testament, other passages come immediately to mind. I'm sure these passages are coming to some of your minds. Matthew 6 But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Or Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Certainly we could turn to passages like the one in Luke 10, the passage that features Jesus visiting the two sisters, Martha and Mary. What order do we note in this passage? What should be done, and when? How should one's time with Jesus be ordered? Many of you know the story. Jesus visits the two sisters, and we find one of them, Mary, sitting with Jesus, enjoying a rapt conversation with him, while Martha is busy in the kitchen, either preparing or cleaning up after a meal, it seems. Martha finds Mary sitting with Jesus and confronts not Mary, but Jesus, saying, Tell my sister to help me. In Christ's response to Martha, we find some instruction about order or ordering one's life in respect to him. Martha, Martha, he says, you are busy or anxious about many things, but only one thing is needful. Mary has chosen the better part, and it won't be taken from her. Now, we could take the ordering here as chronological. It's better to first spend time with Jesus, then get on with other daily aspects of life, like preparing a meal or cleaning up, etc. But this would miss the more important order that Christ mentions, the better or the best part. However it may chafe some moderns, we, when we are conversing with Christ, contemplating his words, this is loving God, what Christ calls the first and greatest commandment. For the Christian, loving Christ, loving God, contemplating him, prayer, worship, praise, these are the highest things. In Matthew 22, Jesus says as much when he's asked by someone, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So no doubt, we are encountering here in the words of Scripture, in the words of Christ, some exhortations regarding priorities. What is the first and greatest? What is the first and greatest in your life? What are your priorities? We often are disordered when it comes to what should be first and second in our lives. And as a result, we are anxious. We lack peace. Wendell Berry was right. Without order, there is no peace. C.S. Lewis weighs in on this in a, a memorable way as well. You can read about this in an essay, an article in his book, God on the Dock, a collection of essays. The essay is first things and second things. He comments, apparently the world is made that way. You can't get second things by putting them first. You can get second things only by putting first things first. And in a letter to someone in 1951, he stated the same principle. He said, put first things first, and we get second things thrown in. Put second things first, and we lose both first and second things We never get, say, even the sensual pleasure of food at its best when we are being greedy. But ordering one's life is not only a matter of knowing what is first and second, as critical as that is. For order is not merely or only a matter of sequence. Order can be the arrangement or disposition of people or things in relation to each other according to a particular sequence, pattern, or method. That's a common dictionary definition of order. But the Christian might add that order is a is is something that is according to wisdom, love, virtue, or the divine pattern of life with God, with man, with creation, and with oneself. This is what we see when we read the great church father, Augustine. Order, then, is also a matter of knowing what is fitting, what is proper, what is appropriate. When it comes to love, Augustine saw this clearly. Here's what he says in the first book of On Christian Doctrine. But living a just and holy life requires one to be capable of an objective and impartial evaluation of things, to love things, that is to say, in the right order, so that you do not love what is not to be loved, or fail to love what is to be loved, or have a greater love for what should be loved less, or an equal love for things that should be loved less or more, or a lesser or greater love for things that should be loved Equally. You can see that Augustine covers all his bases. Notice that Augustine thinks that ordering one's loves is not just a matter of first and second, it can also be a matter of more or less, and even equivalence. Some things are to be loved with an equivalent love, and it would be wrong to love something more or less when two things more or less when they should be loved equivalently. There are things that should be loved, more or less. The way I love my baby is different than the way I love my barista. The way I love my dog is different from the way I love my dad. But I will love all these things. A restful life, therefore, is a well-loved life. That is to say, a life in which one loves well. We might even say that if one loves well, he will live well. Augustine extends the Platonic teaching that an education enables one to live a life worth living. For Augustine, a life worth living is a life of well loving. Put simply, living well is loving well. Augustine's dictum of loving well is often called by its Latin name, the phrase Ordo Amoris. Ordo Amoris, the order. Of love, Here is another passage from Augustine, this time from his book, The City of God, in which Augustine says that true virtue is ordered love. Here's Augustine. And thus beauty, which is indeed God's handiwork, but only a temporal, carnal, and lower kind of good, is not fitly loved in preference to God, the eternal spiritual and unchangeable good, For though it be good, it may be loved with an evil as well as with a good love. It is loved rightly when it is loved ordinately, evilly when loved inordinately. But if the Creator is truly loved, that is, if He Himself is loved and not another thing in His stead, He cannot be evilly loved. For love itself is to be ordinately loved, Because we do well to love that which, when we love it, makes us live well and virtuously. So that it seems to me that it is a brief but true definition of virtue to say it is the order of love. Virtue is the order of love. That's from Augustine in chapter 25, book 25 of The City of God. Now we begin to see that there is more. Than ordering one's life to simply doing things in a particular sequence or pattern. Yes, we must learn what the first things are and put these things first. Christ and Augustine, following him, make it clear that first we love God. But beyond enumerating all the things that we could love as number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, etc., we are to love according to wisdom or to love in such a way that we live well and virtuously. It is also Augustine who says that you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. That's from the confessions, the very beginning of the confessions. Until our hearts love well and rightly, they're going to be anxious. They will be disordered. They will not be oriented by wisdom. They will not be informed by the love that is God himself. But by loving God first, resting our hearts first or chiefly in him, we become properly oriented, disposed, or ordered to love all other things, all other people, and even our own self, rightly and well. This is peace. So we've considered the importance of ordering first things in this podcast and considered the great Western church father, Augustine, briefly. In our next podcast, we might continue with Augustine, but we will examine order and rest by also considering the thoughts of Joseph Pieper and Russell Kirk. That might take two podcasts. We'll see. Then we will move on to consider the importance not just of first things, but of permanent things. A phrase from T.S. Eliot. Those virtues and ideas that constitute the wisdom of our elders that we would do very well to heed. Why? Because if we do not learn from the wisdom of, of those who have preceded us, we will find ourselves anxious indeed. With only one generation, one span of, say, 70 or 80 years to acquire wisdom. We will be scurrying, we will be scrambling in our own short lifetime to learn how to live a life filled with truth, goodness, beauty, and peace. Without learning from those who have gone before us, life will be a bewildering and frustrating race. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. Until next time, Pace, as the Italians say, or as the Romans would say, Pax Lobiscum. Peace be with you.
0: Hold up.